Last week, I was eating breakfast on New Year's Eve. And uh, I was up in my apartment eating breakfast. And in our apartment, we can kind of hear like everything that's, that's going on. So like all the conversations that are happening on the street. So you hear like some really weird conversations. Um, but there's this little kid, little like five, six-year-old kid with his, his little puppy. And um, he's walk, trying to walk his puppy. And you can tell the parents are like, okay, just go down to the stop sign and come back. Like, don't cross any streets. You know, let, let's keep this simple. So this little kid is all stoked. He's walking his puppy. And one of my other neighbors comes out and goes, oh, I haven't seen your new puppy yet. That's, that's your new one, right? And the kid, without skipping a beat, the kid just looks at her and goes, oh, no, we got him for Christmas. <laughs> and she goes, well, yeah, so like a week ago, Right? Like, like you literally just got that puppy a week ago and it weighs like two pounds. So I know it's a brand new puppy. But in that kid's mind, he's going, no, what are you talking about? That was like Christmas was so long ago, right? Because when you're a little kid, days seem like forever. But then we grow up and it's like time just keeps going and going and going. And, and, and so what I want to talk about tonight is a continuation from, from what I talked about last week, um, looking at this guy in the Bible named Joshua, who was actually able to step up and go, no more. No more. I'm going to stop letting time get away from me. I'm going to stop putting all these things that I'm saying I'm going to do on the back burner, and I'm just going to step up and step into what God is calling me to do. See, there's this, this crazy thing in this young adult era that, that we all live in where it almost feels like this is like the place where dreams go to die in a weird way. And that sounds depressing, but think about it for a second, right? When you're a kid and you're young, you have all these hopes, you have all these dreams, you have all, all this ambition. You're like, yeah, bring it on, world. I'm ready to go. But then the real world starts to happen and, and, and you just kind of put things off. And then before you know it, you're just trying to get by, Right? And you just kind of lost sight of those things, those dreams that, that God's placed in front of you. So my question for us tonight is why? Why does that happen? Why are we so prone to, to have all these hopes and dreams and ambitions and feeling like God's really going to use us to go bring life to a dying world and then just kind of fall back? Right, fall back, and before we know it, we just kind of get caught into this cycle, and, and, and we keep going. So, so that's our goal for tonight, all right? And I'm going to go short. I promised you that, all right? Why do we keep falling into this trap? So Joshua is the story that happens right after this guy named Moses. And if you've been around church or if you haven't, you probably know this story. They're, in, they're slaves in this place called Egypt, and God comes through Moses and pulls them out of slavery, and then they wander through the wilderness for 40 years. Joshua takes over, and that's where we're picking up the story. So we're going to be in Joshua chapter 3 tonight. I'm going to start in verse 1. It says this. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shatim and went to the Jordan. Now, a couple things. First off, that word is pronounced Shatim. Learn that this week. I've been saying it wrong my whole life. I, I don't know. I think I've used that like, mom, what do you mean I can't say that word? It's in the Bible, you know, like take it up with God if you, if you have a problem. No, Shatim, Shatim. And this is a great verse, right? This is a verse about this guy named Joshua who wakes up early and goes, hey, it's time. We're going to get, get your things, eat your Wheaties. It's time to head to the Jordan River, which is where we're going to cross to enter into the promised land, this place that we have been waiting for for 40 years. But 
But there is a whole lot of backstory to this verse. So this is going to be one of those sermons, like one of those movies where you see the last scene first, and then you work backwards and see like all the things that they had to go through in order to, to get to that point, right? That's what, that's what we're doing tonight, right? Joshua is going, all right, getting up early, we're heading to the promised land, but so much backstory to this. And what happened is they're wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, and then they get to the city, Shatim. Shatim. Okay, Shatim for you geography guys is just north of the Dead Sea, which means that it's about 12 miles east of the Jordan River. Or in other words, it's like a day journey away from the promised land. Okay, about a day journey away from the promised land, 38 years, they're wandering in the wilderness, and then most scholars think they got to shot team, and for the next two years, the next two years, they just kind of hang out. And leading up to that morning, when Joshua goes, no more, I'm doing this thing, let's go, for like two years, they're just kind of, well, they're kind of loitering loitering in the wilderness. They're just kind of walking around. Like, you remember high school when you, get, you and your buddies would be like, what, what are we gonna do tonight? Let's go like hang out at the, at the store or whatever. And you don't really have a plan. You just kind of loiter, right? This is kind of how I, I picture the Israelites in, in these two years. They're just kind of going, yeah, like the whole promised land thing, that sounded cool. And, and like Moses was giving us this pep talk and it sounded great, but like, I don't know, it also seems kind of hard. It also seems kind of difficult. Maybe I'll, just, maybe I'll just hang out back here. There's this haunting verse in Numbers 25. Numbers 25 that tells us about their time in Shatim. It says this, Numbers 25, verse one, while Israel was staying in Shatim, the, man, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women who invited them to the sacrifices to their gods. The people ate the sacrificial meal and bowed down before the gods. You see what just happened? Right? So much hope, so much promise, so much potential promised land. Here we come. Oh, wait a minute. Right? There's all these distractions, and, and, and maybe it's going to be a whole lot easier if I just kind of sit tight. Like maybe, maybe just for a day, Moses, like, like we'll, go, we'll go to tomorrow. Like the promise is like a tomorrow thing, you know? Let's just chill today. Let's just hang out. But then day turns into a week, turns into a month, turns into a couple of years, and they just kind of sit back and start loitering in the wilderness. And does that sound familiar to anyone? Right, like isn't this just kind of the trap that we fall into sometimes, where you go, hey, New Year's resolutions, here we go, this is the year. Right? I, I had a, uh, a conversation with a good friend of mine who I was like, hey, what are your resolutions? And he goes, um, well, I'm gonna read the Bible every day this year. You go, okay, okay, great, how's it going? I didn't read the Bible January 1st, <laughs> you know? Like, like we just kind of fall in, into these traps where we go, yes, that's great, but like, I don't know, maybe I'll just chill. Or, or like I was, going to, I was going to apply to that school or I was going to get into that relationship or I was going to get out of that relationship that I know wasn't life-giving or God-honoring, but you know what? It's just kind of comfortable, right? 
and we get into this trance, we just kind of get lulled to sleep by the world. And before we know it, time is just going by and we're like the Israelites, a day's journey away from the promised land, lulled to sleep by distractions, right? This is what happens. This happens in, in my life. This is what I, I feel like the, the trap that young adults are so prone to fall into. And so what I wanna do just briefly is give a couple of reasons why we can't do that. Why we have to be like Joshua and get up and go, hey, no more. I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm gonna turn the corner right now and I'm gonna march towards what God has for us. And the biggest one, the first one is that the promised land, and I'm using the promised land as the place where God was calling them to go, but the place that God is calling all of us to go, the place that God, the life that God is calling all of us to step into, the promised land is where the milk and honey is. God talks about that in his word, and by that, I just mean that's where the good stuff is. That's where life happens. That, that life-giving thing that, that Cody was just talking about, that's where it happens. It happens in the promised land, right? It happens there, but it's hard to get there. So when we spend our time loitering in the wilderness, oftentimes we're, we're missing out on the goodness, the milk and honey that's in the promised land. And see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, let's, let's get personal for a second. Let's, let's get honest in the room. We, as young adults, are going through a lot, aren't we? <laughs> I had somebody say to me last week, um, it feels like as a young adult, Life is just constantly being in the wilderness, trying to figure out who I am, right? Trying to figure out what I should do, trying to figure out who I should be with, trying to figure out what my major should be, trying to figure out what I'm gonna do with this major that I, that I finished and now I can't get any jobs, trying to figure out if I should go to grad school, trying to figure all of these things out. It kind of feels like we're constantly in the wilderness, and so what do we do with that? Well, I think we have to be honest about a couple of things. I think we have to be honest about the, the things that are kind of keeping us, right, keeping us from, from going into what God has for us and keeping us stepping back. I think a huge one is bitterness, right? And no fault of our own. We, we, we have experiences, maybe in church or, or maybe outside of church or whatever, we get hurt. We get hurt and then we just kind of get into this place where, where this bitterness kind of takes root in our hearts. And before we know it, we're walking around like with anger issues and road rage. And we're like, where, where is that coming from? Well, what's the deal? But what's really going on is we have this bitterness in our hearts. So we know what God has for us. And yet we go, you know what? You know what? I, I think I'm good. Uh, I think I'm good. I think I'm gonna hold on to this bitterness. Let, let's be real for a second. The reason we hold on to bitterness is because it feels good to hold on to bitterness, isn't it? Right, like there's something inside of us that just enjoys holding grudges uh, against people or, or whatever. And so we're, we get content to just kind of loiter over here and, and not step into what he has for us and go, well, well they don't know what happened to me. The problem with that is we've lost sight of the promised land, right? The problem with that is we've lost sight of the life that Jesus came to give us, that life abundant, life to the fullest, full life that, that Jesus talks about. We've lost sight of that, and now we're content just to go, ah, I'll just stay bitter. I'll, I'll just stay bitter. Or, or what about the one that got the guys in, in Numbers 25, 
What about sexual addiction, right? Huge part of being a young adult, and I know that because it just got really quiet in here all of a sudden, right? But the sexual addiction is one of those things where it, it, it starts off good. It starts off with good intentions, and then it just kind of gets twisted. And before we know it, we lose sight of the promised land. We lose sight of the way that God originally designed sex to be, and we start settling for, for counterfeit substitutions of it. And it started off slow, and oh, we always, I've, I got it together. I could stop any time or, or whatever. And then you find yourself a couple of years down the road just kind of loitering back here. All right? Some of us, it's uh, addiction to, to pornography. Others of us, it's, it's we can't stop going out with some liquid courage and finding somebody else to try to give us some, some, um, some satisfaction for a night or whatever it is. And we get caught in these cycles where we're going, what, what's the deal? Like, why, why, why can't I shake this? And maybe, maybe that whole, like, bringing life to the world isn't for me. Maybe I should just hang out back here in, in the wilderness. Eh? Problem is, we lost sight of the promised land, man. We lost sight of the way that God originally designed the world to work. We lost sight of the fact that sex is a beautiful thing that was God's idea used in the confines of a man and a woman who love each other so much that they are ready to commit to each other, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually and mentally and go, hey, we're in this together for the long haul. And so we experience sex in the original form and the way that it can be most enjoyed. We trade that. We trade that. We, we get distracted. Same thing happens with, with substance abuse, and the, the list goes on and on and on. Listen, all, all's, all's you're doing, all all's that's happening in, in those times is, is you've had a whole lot of pain going on down here. All right? Uh, let's be real. You got a whole lot of pain going on down, down beneath the surface, and you don't know how to deal with it. You can't cope with it. So you go, man, I just need a break. I just, need, I just need for a couple of hours to, to not think about this. I just need for a couple of hours to be okay so we, we sink back from what God has for us and we go, hey, whatever, hey, I'm never gonna be enough. I'm, ne- I'm never gonna be able to get out of that so I'm just going to sit back here and you might be sitting here going, well, I don't have a drug addiction but, but listen, um, scrolling through Instagram for an hour like a zombie like this isn't a whole lot different, is it? All right? What are we doing? We're, we're trying to forget about what's going on down beneath the surface. We're, we're trying to fill the void or watching all five seasons of Breaking Bad, right? And, that's, and there's nothing wrong with that, a good story, a good show, but what's the motivation behind doing it all in one day or one week, right? What are we trying to escape from? This is the danger. This is the danger. But here's the beautiful thing. The beautiful thing, by the way, so religion's very good at making us feel like we shouldn't be feeling the things that we're feeling, and it kind of gets us into this weird dance where, where we just feel bad about the fact that, that we're trying to push these emotions down. And then we come here and we get told that, that we're good and that we're saved and, and it, it's all good. And so we're like, yes, that's great. And it lasts for like five minutes and then this is still here. So we try to push it down again and we just get caught in this weird little dance. And what I wanna say tonight is maybe, just maybe we redeem the fact in our mind that we have a God who saves and a God who heals and a God who restores and a God who wants to say, 
no, I wanna get down beneath the surface of that stuff that's causing that void, and I wanna bring healing to it, right? I wanna bring restoration to it. I, I want to put you back together to the way that you're supposed to be. This is Jesus, guys. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we worship, a God of freedom, a God who is ready to go, hey, step up, step up, because I'm calling you into the promised land. But what happens when we loiter in the wilderness is we miss out on the milk and honey. When we loiter in the wilderness, I think we also miss out on God's purpose for our lives. You know that um, God did not save the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt so that they could wander in the wilderness their entire lives? You guys know that? Like, think about that for a second. Listen, the wilderness, the wilderness, that time when you feel like, like you just haven't quite reached your destination yet, that is a beautiful time. It's a beautiful time that so many of us find ourselves in where we're trying to just figure out life. It's a beautiful time. But listen, the wilderness was never meant to be permanent. Right? The wilderness wasn't, was never meant to be permanent. And I know that because like David had his time before he was king. He, he had his time of, of wandering around in the caves and, and running for his life. But then that time ended and he became the king. Right? Jesus went out to the wilderness for 40 days and he was tempted and he did his whole thing. But then he came back and he started his ministry and he saved the world. But uh, my, my concern for myself I'm preaching to myself here. My concern for myself and for so many of us is that we've just kind of gotten comfortable in the wilderness and we've just kind of entered into this, well, it's always gonna be this way, so I'm just gonna kind of sit back. And I'm starting to think, no, maybe 2017 is gonna be a different year. Maybe 2017 is gonna be a different year for me. Maybe 2017 is gonna be a different year for this ministry. Maybe 2017 is going to be a year where we get serious about this thing, where we wake up early, just like Joshua, we eat our Wheaties and we go, hey, we're going, we're going. We're gonna step into what God has for us. And I don't care anymore. I don't care how scary it is. I don't, I don't care how many enemies we have. I don't care how big the mountain is in front of us or whatever it is. I don't care anymore, I'm going. Right? And 2017 could be that year for us, but it takes making this mental shift in our minds. Um, I, I, man, I've got this thing down deep inside of me that's like this theology police guy that like lives somewhere down here. And for the last several years, one of the things that's happened to me is anytime I say or hear a statement kind of like, hey, God wants what's best for you, this like guy down here goes, nope, nope, nope. And what he says is prosperity gospel, prosperity gospel, right? Like red flag, red flag, red flag. And I've, I've been realizing over the last few weeks that that's just not true, okay? Saying um, God wants what's best for us is not the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel is saying, and what's best for me is lots of money and lots of fame and lots of all these things that aren't gonna matter 10,000 years from now, right? But biblically, theologically speaking, what God wants for us is the fruit of the spirit, which is love and joy and peace and patience and righteousness and freedom from all of those things that keep us loitering in the wilderness. So that's not the prosperity gospel, that's the gospel gospel, right? And, and we gotta get this and we gotta step into this and we gotta realize this because, because, and I'll end here, it gets even better 
really, yes, we get the fruit of the Spirit. We get to walk around in joy and peace and patience and righteousness, and that's awesome. But what's even better than that is we get the thing that is supplying that to begin with. We get God. See, when we loiter in the wilderness, one of, one of the downfalls to it is, is we're missing out on what God is up to. If we keep, kept reading Joshua 3, and I'm not going to do it just because we're, we're running out of time, what we'll see is that Joshua goes, hey, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to head into the promised land. And he, he walks around and he says, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to wait. I want you to wait until you see God. I want you to wait until God goes first and they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. They carry it into the Jordan River. I want you to wait until that happens. And when that happens, I want you to follow. Or in other words, what I want you to do is I want you to see God go before you and then I want you to just follow what God is doing. And see the beautiful thing about not loitering in the wilderness anymore, the beautiful thing about stepping into what God has for us is that really all we're doing is we're chasing after God. We're chasing after what God has for us. It reminds me of, of a story, and band, you guys can come up. We're gonna sing one more song tonight. Um, but it reminds me of a story about 1,500 years after that where Jesus... Our boy Jesus and his disciples are, are hanging out. The disciples are in a boat. It's late at night. And uh, Jesus comes to them. Matthew 16, I think it is, walking, walking on the water. And they get all panicked. They get all scared. But one of them, Peter, <laughs> cries out. And he goes, hey, uh, Lord, if that's you, then, then, then call me out. Lord, if, if that's you, then, then call me to take a step of faith. And so Jesus does it. Jesus goes, all right, Peter. Slugger, come on out, right? Well, why don't I, let's go, Pete. Let's see what you're made of. And so Pete, Peter's got to be so terrified, but, but he takes a step. Takes a step out of the boat, and then another step, and another step. And the guy literally starts walking on water. He starts chasing after what Jesus is calling him to do. Scary? Yeah, you better believe it was scary, but he was doing it. What's interesting about it is if you know the story, as he's walking, he starts to see the distractions. Just like the Israelites back in Shatim saw the distractions. And as he sees the distractions, he starts to sink. We always see that. I read that and I go, oh, come on, Peter, what are you doing? What are you doing? But here's my question for us tonight. Geographically speaking, in that moment, Jesus here, Peter here, the 11 disciples on the boat, Geographically speaking, as Peter is going down, as Peter is sinking, who's still the closest one to Jesus in that moment? It's Peter, right? There's something about striving after God that, that takes away our fear of failure because now the wind becomes just trying, just trying to take some steps, just trying to step into what God has for us. And it's this beautiful story about Jesus coming back for Peter, going, hey, good try. We're gonna keep going. Let's get back to the boat. And when they got back to the boat, it wasn't some pep talk about how you need to do better next time. It just says that they worshiped Jesus. So in awe of who he is that they just go, hey, I'm just gonna worship. 
We're just going to worship Jesus because that's how excited we are about who he is and what he is doing in this world. See, here's the thing, young adults. Here's the thing. We've got a whole lot of potential in 2017. Look around this room right now. Seriously, look around. Do you think about how much potential is in this room? Think about how many spheres of influence is in this room. Think about how many different restaurants and schools and places we occupy just with the young adults in this room. And God is going, hey, let's go. Let's go. Let's figure out as a ministry how, how to get rooted Right? How, how to learn, how to get out there so that we can go deep with our faith and know Jesus at an intimate level and then we can share it with the world. <laughs> Let's learn how to make this place a, a, a place where so many amazing things are happening for the kingdom of heaven that even the most skeptical skeptic is going, well, I gotta find out what's going on over there, right? Like, what's the deal? What's different about these guys? these girls, or, 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 or what about making this place a, a place where there's so much thriving community, where we're literally just doing life together and having tough conversations with one another and, and going for it, so much so that some guy wanders in here one night down on his luck, maybe ready to end it all, feeling so removed from the world and can't help but see the love that is in this room can't help us see the acceptance as, as we invite him in and, and as we talk to him and, and whatever. And as he feels Jesus in a tangible way goes, this is incredible. I want to know what's going on. That is what we want for this place. I don't know about you, man, but I'm tired of just kind of loitering. Loitering in the wilderness because there's some scary mountains in front of me. Maybe this week's the week that you, you, you get up. You get up early just like Joshua and go, hey, no more. No more, let's do this. Let's do this. I, I need some community. I, I need to confess some things. I need to come hang out on Friday night and get some help at Celebrate Recovery. I, I need to go talk to my employee. I, I, I need to go. You fill in the blank, whatever it is for you. I need to go bring life to a dying world. That's what we're called to do. It's what we're called to do, but it all stems out of knowing Jesus. It all stems out uh, of a place where we worship and we sing and we celebrate what Jesus has done for us. So that's how we're gonna end tonight. Um, kick off the, this new year and kind of end this time of, of Joshua and looking at how he goes into the promised land by singing, by singing a song uh, of celebration and crying out, saying, God, would you help us? Would you help us? So would you guys stand to your feet? I wanna pray for us. I wanna pray. Just ask that the Spirit would be here as we give him glory in Jesus' name. So Father, we love you so much. Father, I love you so much. Thank you for this place. I thank you for this room. I thank you that you're the king. Thank you that your kingdom is here. And I thank you that 2017 is an opportunity to step into what you have for us. So Father, would you be here with us tonight? And Lord, for all the pain, all the hurt, all the everything that's keeping us loitering in the wilderness, would you help us to take a step this week towards freedom? We love you. We thank you that we're really just chasing after you. So we sing to you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.